Hi everybody, this is Will and Eric, and welcome to Becoming a Task Ruler, the show about what it takes to become successful entrepreneurs for people with very little money, no experience, or friends in high places. Learn from our mistakes, benefit from our success, and walk away with a better chance of making your own dreams come true. Today, we are going to talk about two things that kind of coincide with one another. Uh, one is our, I guess, how, how would I say it? Like our thought patterns or our feelings and, and, and how it relates to being an entrepreneur uh, and dealing what we're dealing with now. Uh, and then the other one that's associated with it is uh, quiet quitting. Uh, so with that being said, which one should we talk about first, Eric? What do, what do, you, what do you think? Uh, I think we should give them an update on where we're at with uh, oh, yeah, that's know, right. the whole job situation. The whole what situation? Job situation. Job. Oh, my job? Yeah, and mine. I mean, I'm oh yeah, I guess kind of yeah. in limbo. You know, in, in the last in previous episodes. Yeah, I mentioned I was looking for a job. I still kind of am, although I haven't really been spending a whole lot of time and effort on pursuing one. And I think it's because I know I'm gonna be okay for the next couple of months. So I'm not super concerned as of yet, and I feel like. If I just stay the course, things will be okay because not only am I going to be okay the next couple of months, but I'm really looking forward to what happens uh, in early 2023. You know, I have that big trade show coming and I've already put my name in the hat for a booth. I just have to uh, put the money down to secure that booth and it's going to be a really big trade show. Um, it's the biggest in the world. It's gonna, there's going to have they're going to have tons of Montessori schools, um, businesses, networking events. It's going to be huge. And just based on the feedback I get from other people that go to trade shows, you know, it's very hard to walk away from one of those without um, at least having tons of leads to follow up on, if not actual signage on services. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And if I have a full-time job that I need to manage, putting that together and making sure that's a success is going to be a little hard. On top of that, I got my usual day, day job stuff that I need to take care of. So I'm going to keep uh, focusing on my entrepreneurial path. And you know what? If I land a job, I land a job. If not, cool. I'm going to keep doing what I do. Yeah, uh, that's actually pretty exciting. Uh, I'm gonna actually try to go with him uh, to this uh, this show. That's it's in March, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could definitely represent um, all Montessori marketing, IT services, because I I'm sure a lot of schools need help with that. And if they're looking for remote IT services, you're the man to talk to. Yeah, so I'm actually pretty excited to do that. Um, so yeah, that's in March and, uh, I'm also going to be there in February for two weeks mm -hmm. for, for when your baby comes, mm -hmm. uh, very excited about that. Um, 
you know, it, so to talk about to be off topic in that regard, this is going to be the first niece or nephew that I have that will actually be in my life. Like all the other ones are, you know, away or they're grown. Uh, oh, well, I can't say the first. Um, my sister-in-law, Milo, um, he's my first, but um, it's going to be exciting to be around um, for your baby, you know, like I could actually be an uncle, like Uncle Will for the first time for your for your kids. It's going to be great. Um, anyway. Yeah, it's going to be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so on, uh, I don't know where I left them off on mine. So uh, this can go right into quiet quitting, I guess. So <clears throat> I'm not happy at my current job. And I have been, I won't say disgruntled, but discouraged for a very long time. But I'm also one of those people that get affected by my environment, like the aura. And I'm an advocate for the individual. So I feel their pain when there are issues happening. Uh, to put it bluntly, uh, my current job sucks at maintaining all of that. And therefore, I couldn't take it anymore. I was done. And so um, I looked for another job in the interim. And I wasn't going to hell about it, but I found one. And <clears throat> it started low. The pay started low. And I was like, sorry, I'm making X. I just can't do that. And then they went up um, to a closer amount. Then I was like, all right, I'll consider it, you know, blah, blah, blah. So about four interviews later, they loved me so much that they were willing to give me six figures to work with them. And I said, yes, absolutely. You know, um, I'm going to do this. And so um, my current job told my boss. Now, the ironic thing here is that people don't quit their jobs. They quit their bosses. And in my case, it's the complete opposite. I love my boss. I think he's awesome. Probably the best boss I've ever had, but at the same time, for the worst company I've ever worked for. Um, and so I told him that my last day was going to be September 2nd, and he was not too thrilled. Um, I'm the only one that mans our facility here in Reno, Nevada. And there's a lot of things that I'm doing as far as project management stuff goes and whatnot. And so, um, he asked, will I give them time to counter offer? And I was like, I don't think that you guys will go that high, but sure. And sure enough, they did. <laughs> <laughs> they did. And I'm like, well, shit. Um, I guess I'm going to say, you know, I was, I was actually up. Um, I was on the fence about it. I wasn't sure. And then Eric, came to me and he was like, dude, task ruler. And I was like, well, what about it? He's like, you know, you already have the comfort level here at your current job. You already know what's going on. You already know what you're doing. And you have this free time to work on task ruler. If you go to this other job, then you're going to have to fill them out and get used to things and then get back into task ruler, which could be 
months or over a year from now. And I was like, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So I have decided to stay. And every year, this is the most money I've made uh, to date. And I'm very happy about it. And it could not have came at a better time. Um, How often does that happen too? Like company pays you a certain amount and then just by saying, hey, I found another job, I'm going to be leaving, they give you a significant increase in your salary for the same job just yeah. to keep you. And I think you went back and forth a couple of times. Like, you guys really negotiated. We did. And we did. There was a lot of meetings. kept increasing it, yeah. Um, the funny thing about it um, was that uh, I just was not expecting them to come back. You know, like I was expecting them to be like, no, go pound sand. We'll figure it out. Um, but then that tells you they didn't. But that and that tells you the level of worth that I was bringing to the company, yeah. um, that it sucked for them to go through this to realize how valuable I really am. Yeah. The level of worth that you had, but they weren't compensating you for. And it mm-hmm. wasn't until you threatened them with quitting that they finally gave you what you were worth. And you probably yeah. still worth more. Oh, absolutely. They gave me approximately a 41% increase in my pay over the year. Yeah. Like just in this one year, I, I, I have now an additional... 41% extra in my pay. Yeah, that's insane. Usually they'd be like, no, sorry, uh, we'll find somebody else. But you are so integrated with that company that if they lost you, it would cripple them. Yeah. At least on the West Coast. And, yeah. Oh, and on the East Coast as well. Oh, for sure, yeah. hands down. <laughs> so you are a big part of that company. And yeah, yeah you, you could have asked for like half a million dollars, I think. <laughs> well, maybe not half a million, but... You could have probably went higher. I mean, you could oh, have I, you could have totally made up this entire thing and said, you know, I have a new job. They're hiring me, and they're pay- they're willing to pay me X. And it could have been total BS. And you know, they would have just said, okay, here's a raise. Yep. I mean, I have the offer letter to prove it and everything. And my boss was like, oh no, I believe you. You don't need to go that far. Like I get those in my mail, me in my email a lot as well. He's like, and so we're both in the same field. So if I'm getting him, I know that you're getting him. You know, I was like, I just don't want you to think that I'm lying about this. Like, you know, our environment sucks. But now I'm in a mode where I have blinders on. And uh, not giving a shit anymore. Um, Especially the shit that you were going out of your way to do to help make the company a better place. But, you know, like you said, it's as if you gave more of a shit than the higher ups did because you are trying to shape the company in a way that's more egalitarian and more progressive and, um, you know, more transparent and allowing of a a better culture to take over. But, you know, they just didn't seem to want to do that. They were just so decent in their old way of operating that, you know, they're they're not wanting to change things, even though people are complaining, even though people are quitting left, right, and center, they're just stuck doing the same old thing. Absolutely. And 
that brings us to our topic of quiet quitting. And so um, the funny thing is that Eric and I just heard this term, but I'm currently doing it. And Eric has done it before. And I actually I was, have done it before as well. I was quiet quitting before it became a trend. And, yeah. You know, this was years ago at my, my last job. Uh, I was putting in a lot of energy and effort in trying to please everyone and gain uh, notoriety and just really go above and beyond and do way more than I was asked for and just knock things out of the park and be this, you know, rock star employee. But then as I was transitioning to building my own business, um, it kind of forced me into a quiet quitting position because I started really looking at how I was spending my time. And here I was going above and beyond trying to please all these people that didn't really give a shit uh, what I was doing because they didn't see it that way. No. Me going above and beyond. They saw it as me at my base. Um, so it just goes to show that when you're putting in all that extra time and effort, um, you think you're going to be rewarded, but more often than not, you're probably not even going to be recognized for that, you know, all the sacrifice that you're making. So why why go above and beyond in the first place? And that's when I started really doing uh, what was required of me and not more. And I think I did that for about a year before I eventually quit and went full time with my agency. But yeah, during that year, I was just doing what was asked. I was closing tickets, of course. You know, nobody noticed that I was slacking off. Nobody complained. Um, you know, I didn't get pulled into HR and say, hey, Eric, uh, you know, we noticed you, you really haven't been doing much lately and you've been coming in late and leaving early. And no, nobody said anything like that because I was still producing the kind of work that was expected of me, but I was not going above and beyond anymore. And that's really what quiet quitting is. Yeah. So to explain uh, quiet quitting, um, it's it's more so just not going above and beyond, not giving more than what is asked of your position, basically staying in your lane, like whatever your job description is, that's exactly what you right. do. Um, and now there's a difference. Eric and I was just listening to a video, um, which nailed it. Uh, and, and we knew this beforehand, uh, but there's a difference between being lazy and then just doing the quote unquote bare minimum. Um, and when we say bare minimum, we mean just doing your job. Don't do anything extra. Don't offer anything extra. Don't be, you know, part of project planning or anything like that. Whatever you were hired to do, that's what you do. And the, the reason for that is you want to set yourself up to where there's not any eyes on you when it comes to you eventually leaving so that you can prepare yourself and your life to move on. Now, what this means is like you have a job while looking for another one. You know, you don't have to be all gun ho because you don't have to necessarily worry about them uh, firing you, but you can take your time and actually find a job in a position that could better suit you and your needs. And so while you're working, take some time, look for another job, 
Um, and then once that comes about and it's what you want, then you can turn around and let your business know that you're giving them two weeks. I like this. Actually, I love this. I love this mm -hmm. so much because the company doesn't look out for you as an individual. If they fire you, they're not going to call you in the middle of the night and say, hey, babe, I'm just checking on you to see how you are. Like, I know that we broke up, but do you know I'm still here for you? No, no, no. They're not going to do any of that. They're going to be just fine. You're the one that life is now turned upside down because this was your bread and butter. You're the one that has to figure out where your next dollar is coming from. You're the one that has to figure out, I need a job ASAP so my kids can have insurance, so I can have insurance. They're not thinking about that at all. And so they can get rid of you right on the spot. So why not set yourself up to where there's no gap in your employment? Set yourself up to where you're good and have very little to no care about what the company uh, is, is doing before or after you. Because again, they're going to be just fine. And if it crumbles or if it takes a major hit with you being gone, then they weren't structured properly to begin with. You know, So quiet quitting is for the people that had enough and that need to be strategic with how they move forward. Mm -hmm. Keeping to themselves, don't let anyone else know that you're doing this and execute it properly. You know, mm -hmm. Make sure whatever money that you have coming towards you happens when you leave this job and it overlaps into the other job or hell, even take your time, take a couple of weeks off if you, know, if you saved money or whatever. But the, the whole point is, is to look after yourself. And to be st strategic about when you do go above and beyond, because it's not it's not a movement that's against going above and beyond by itself. Um, it's not a movement that goes against above and beyond by itself. It's it's going against above and beyond for no reward. And you know, if you want to go above and beyond to take advantage of a certain opportunity and you feel like it's worth the risk, then sure, go for it. Mm -hmm. But this idea that employees are expected to always go above and beyond uh, and not expect anything in return unless you know the the graces of the the employee gods uh, shine down upon you, like <laughs> who has time to wait for that anymore? Like, yeah. Well, it's more so like they want you to shine by doing more work, but by you doing more work, you're not getting paid for it. You know what I mean? And so there's that transition period where you're doing more than what you should be paid for in order to prove that you deserve more. But what you're saying is, is I can take on more work, give it to me, and then obviously compensate me for that. Not so like much that like I'm great at my job, and I can show you what I can do, therefore pay me more. Yeah. No. It's the compensation, you know? Like, if I'm going to go above and beyond and do more work, what am I getting in return? Because it's like you always say, Will, the equivalence exchange is what is why we're working, isn't it? I mean, we're, mm -hmm. we're trading in our time and skills for monetary value. And right. if you're going to take more of my time and use more of my skills, but give me nothing in return, then that's not a fair trade. 
no, we have a problem with that. That is not a fair trade at all. Like a lot of people need to understand, like, look, guys, I get that you need this job or you need a job, you know, like you may be the sole provider of your family, or there might be two of you that are just making it by because of whatever bills that have accumulated during bad times and stuff. I get it. But that does not mean that you are at the, um, what's the word I'm looking for, at the mercy of your current job. You know, they cannot treat you however they want to treat you because, you know, you need this money. You can always, always look for another job. Yeah. Employees are always looking, or most are looking at themselves as if they're in the position of um, less power and the employer has more power and therefore they have to comply. They have to be the one to worry about things. And it's not, it's, it's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be no. a partnership. Yes. Where, you know, you're giving me money for something I'm going to help you do. So if you're not going to pay me for helping you more, then why should I help you more? Right. You know, it's equivalent exchange. You are hiring me because I have a set of skills or I can obtain a set of skills in this position that you don't want to do or you don't know how to do. And in return, you pay me for my services. That is how it works. You don't own me at all. You can't talk to me in such a way where it's disrespectful because you're giving me my dollar at the end of the day. That is not how it works. It was that way before, not anymore. And I'll, I'll tell you now, guys, I don't know if you know this, but if you're not happy at your current job, I can guarantee you there are other jobs that actually pay in money not just cows and chicken and stuff like that. So it's not like you can't go somewhere else and make the same thing. I mean, this great resignation has proven that all time and time again, you know, but if, again, you find yourself being discouraged, unhappy, or it's time for you to make some kind of move, make sure that you set yourself up for success in your personal life not the companies, okay? You need to make sure that you have your ducks in a row. I don't know where that actually came from. To me, that still doesn't make sense, but I used it. Um, that analogy, uh, metaphor, whatever it is. Um, make sure that you're always okay. Make sure that your family's okay. You come first in this situation. Now, as it stands right now and how it always will stand, Eric and I are always an advocate for the individual even when it comes to task ruler we are an advocate for the individual when we blow up and we get our business up and running and we have people working for us we're not that type of people that are going to be cracking whips all the time or um being or or uh what am i saying here Uh, being that type of person that stunts growth if that means that you found a position somewhere else we will see you on your way. We will be very happy for you. Awesome. Thank you for taking the time to work with us. We really do appreciate it. You know, we really uh, wish you well on your endeavors. Have a good time, dude. Congratulations. That's how it should be. But we're not in that environment here. Um, the majority of us aren't. And so 
that's one of the reasons why Eric and I are going into a business for ourselves because we have this idea on how a work environment should be where quiet quitting will never have to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's the status quo. <laughs> it's it's yeah. not a, a thing to, to implement and feel like you have to hide it. It's out in the open. It's the culture. Right. You're, you're going to work more? Cool. Thank you for contributing more. Here's your reward. You accomplished X, even though it, was put, it wasn't part of your job description. Thank you for doing that. Here's the recognition you deserve. Yeah. You know, like, hey, yeah, you went above and beyond. Here's a, you know, a couple hundred bucks or whatever, or... Here's, you know, like, well, we'll pay for a weekend at so-and-so, you know, for you and your family, whatever the case is. Um, but we have a lot of ideas that this will not, you know, that quiet quitting won't be a thing. And yeah. we will really try to um, be on the ball when it comes to people being discouraged and, you know, like working on a solution that is compromisable to both sides and stuff like that like we we want to make sure that our environment is suitable for all yeah and you know for me it falls into the category of a mental crutch um we all have mental crutches things that hold us back from achieving more being more going after the things we we know in our hearts of hearts to deserve um and for me um you know, one of my mental crutches is just myself. Um, you know, as they say, you are your own worst enemy. Um, and it's true. I see it in my business all the time. I, I am constantly the reason why my business isn't progressing far enough or fast enough. It's It's always in one way or another goes back to me and my limitations and how I need to work on myself to improve myself and remove those limitations so that I can really see myself flourish and see the business flourish. Yeah. And we were talking about this yesterday and you know, we were talking about how the brain is designed to protect you in childhood because in childhood we are very affected by our emotions they're, they're very strong and they could really traumatize us so the brain has this defense mechanism where it shields you from that and growing up this defense mechanism is great because it allows you um, that space you need to develop yourself under a safe environment um, however safe looks like to you uh, for me that safe environment was putting up these walls um, with strangers or people I didn't know because growing up, I was bullied a lot. I was ridiculed. I was made fun of. Um, you know, I've had moments where I felt really ashamed and I learned that I needed to put up a guard against people I didn't know because that's where most of the... Um, trauma was coming from. And I distanced myself from people. I put up a lot of walls um, and I guarded myself. And yeah, that protected me growing up because I shielded myself from a lot of the potential harm that could be, you know, come in my way. But now I'm realizing in my adulthood that all that 
work I did to put up those walls are now holding me back because now those same walls that I put up to protect myself are limiting me from going out there and networking and mingling with people and putting myself out there um, and being vulnerable because those things really matter when you're trying to um, gain people's trust. So now I'm working on actually tearing down those walls and really putting myself out there and learning how to operate in a different way. So it just goes to show how the brain is this tool that can work for you and against you um, if you're not careful enough. And um, yeah, it's one of those things you just got to be conscious of and really look at how you react to things and how those reactions could be uh, improving things or, you know, be detrimental to your progress. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is like, like we talked about it yesterday and we look at our, our thoughts differently. Um, yeah. You see this you, all the time. You and I are yin and yang. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I look at my thoughts in my mind is a completely different person that is like 80, maybe 90% of the time against me all the time. You know, that always like we're both in this room or this cell that we just can't get away from each other or I can't get away from him. And it's just a constant reminder, like, Hey, remember this? Hey, remember that? Hey, don't do that. Hey, remember this? Like, I, and I understand, you know, like what Eric said, is that the mind, like it, it, it was built to protect you. And so I look at mine as this protected Eeyore. That's what I said yesterday, where it wants to look out for me, but it does it in the worst way possible. Um, and it makes me depressed. It makes me consistently be in my thoughts to hear about it. Um, but that's why I talk out loud. That's why I journal. That's why I record, you know, my talks and my angers and frustrations to get it out and to quell that thought, you know, like shut up and go back into your corner. And it's, it's that person, it's that Eeyore that really stunts my growth. Like I, I, I get what you're doing, but if I listened to you, then I would never be, I would never get anywhere. I'd be in this padded room, you know, uh, shielded off from the world. And, and I don't want to do that. You know, I, I am that type of person that I acknowledge what I'm going through. I acknowledge my past and it made me who I am, but I want to improve on that, not dwell on it. Mm -hmm. And so for all of those people that are entrepreneurs or that want to be entrepreneurs like Eric and I, um, and just for the regular day-to-day -day people that, you know, um, hustle every day to where like, it's tough to even get out of bed. Like we, we understand your battle and we want you to know that there's always a way out. 
you have to just want it. You, you have to just do it and believe in yourself that you can achieve this. Because then, like Eric and I have been doing this and we have ignored milestones because there were times that we um, were discouraged or disgruntled about, you know, like some of the obstacles that were in the way and we weren't, we didn't realize like what we were going to do with it. But in the interim, like we, we smashed so many records for us that we didn't even recognize it. So we had to sit back and think like, yeah, we did this. Yeah, we made this. Yeah, we made that. Like, okay, so yeah, we, we can absolutely do this. And so we had to shut Eeyore up, put them away for a while and really focus on this. So it is a struggle mentally to um, build a business, especially going through what we've been through um, in these past couple of months, you know, like, like life-changing situations. And yet here we are undeterred and we're still moving forward. Yeah, they say building a business is hard, but what they don't tell you is that it's hard because you're not just building this entity, you're also building yourself. And I feel like that's the hardest part, working on yourself, because you don't, you're not born a CEO, you're not born an entrepreneur, nobody's born with those skills, you know, in them. It's something they cultivate over time, and you have to grow into it. And yeah, other you know, people start from different starting points, um, but it doesn't change the fact that everybody has to grow and develop and work on themselves in some way if they want to achieve something bigger than themselves. So I right. feel like that that for me is the, is the hardest part is knowing that it's going to challenge you, it's going to push you, and it's going to force you to really look at yourself and work on really letting go of the things that don't serve you anymore. And we're, we're out of time for this podcast um, episode, but I I think that should be the next topic for our next episode. What do you think, Will? How, how to let go of things that don't serve you anymore? I say let's do it. All right, cool. Okay, well, tune in next week at 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 11 Pacific Standard uh, as we talk about that. And if you enjoyed our podcast and would like to support our journey, you can follow us on social media. You know, just look for Task Willer on all social media accounts. Um, and if you're interested about learning uh, about Task Willer and how we can help make manage and market your business, head over to Task Willer and sign up for a 14-day trial. And just as a reminder, our first 300 subscribers are eligible to become a founding member, which comes with lifetime benefits exclusive offers, and best of all, your rate never changes no matter how much we grow. That's right. Well, thank you for listening to Becoming a Task Ruler. Once again, my name is William Threats. And I'm Eric Alves. And we'll catch you next episode. Bitches. I can't just leave it. I think I can't, I can't just leave it nice. I can't leave it nice. <laughs> so tune in next week at 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 11 a.m. Pacific Standard. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to support our journey, please share and follow us on all social media accounts. Just look for Task Ruler. 
And if you're interested in learning about TaskRuler and how we can help you make, market, and manage your business, head over to TaskRuler.com and sign up for a 14-day trial. Also, our first 300 subscribers are eligible to become a founding member, which comes with lifetime benefits, exclusive offers, and best of all, your rate never changes no matter how much we grow. Well, thanks for listening to Becoming a Task Ruler. Once again, I'm William Fretz. And I'm Eric Alves. And we'll catch you on the next episode.